Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Samuel, and you came at a great week. We're kicking off a marriage series. We're going to do this for the next, there'll be three following weeks. We're going to talk about uh, marriage and relationships. And right off the bat, I do not claim to have the, the best marriage in the absolute world. I don't. We've made mistakes. We make them. Becca has the list of I've, the ones that I've made. She could list them for you um, if she so wanted. She does. I don't know if your wife is the same, but mine has what I call the vault. And pretty much every she remembers. Like, she has an amazing memory. She's like, well, do you, re- do you remember this? And I'm like, no. She's like, well, I do. Um, <laughs> Now, the great thing is she does not use them against me, which is wonderful because I would never, ever, ever be able to to come back from that. So I don't. I don't claim to have the greatest marriage ever. Um, We have a good marriage. Uh, If if you're not familiar with our story, we started off a little different than than most. Uh, We met on Valentine's, just a chance meeting at a rock climbing place on Valentine's Day, February 14, 2005. Uh, Went on our first date seven days later. And then seven days after that, I met her dad and asked her dad if I could marry her. Um, and uh, yeah, that, like, honest to God, that was it. And he looked at me when I asked him, and he goes, are you asking? Like, like is you asking, asking? And I'm like, yes. Like, yes, I am. I knew. I'm like, this girl's out of my league. If I can get her to say now, like, I've got to, well, like, I'm going to seal the deal, okay, before she comes to her senses. Like, this is going to happen. And he looked at me, and he's like, you're asking? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, how long have you, and my heart just like sunk like, oh no. And he goes, how long have you known her? And I was like, yeah, twice as long as we've been dating. Two weeks. (laughs) Two weeks. And uh, it was the start of a really interesting conversation with him where it was more like a negotiation. Like literally, (laughs) it was like, well, we don't think you guys should do this. And uh, well, at least not this soon. And maybe you should wait like six months or a year. And we went back and forth. I'm like, two months. And anyways, um, literally, I had gone to Wisconsin, where she is from, to, to meet her dad. And before we got back to Michigan, uh, we had already set a date for when we were going to get married. And I don't say that because I think, like, hey, everybody should do that. In fact, my kids will not be doing that. <laughs> this is definitely one of those do as I say, not as I did. Like, no, okay? Like, definitely, definitely not. But I do say that, to kind of put that out there to say, um, there's a lot of things that beforehand, we didn't know about each other um, at, at all. And we didn't cross all of our T's and dot our I's beforehand. But I do believe that any two people, that if a man and a woman say, God, we're going to honor you in what we're doing, and we're going to get married, we're going to honor you in our marriage relationship, that it can be great, that it can be fabulous. Uh, there's so many things. Like that first year for us, it was awesome, right? You're like, woo, we're married. It was great. I loved it. And then the second year came. And honestly, it wasn't quite what the first year was. And maybe some of that was like, I still didn't know how to spell Cochran, which was her maiden name, and like some of that stuff, like some of the getting to know each other, figuring some of those things out. But it wasn't what it was. Now, granted, I do, I I look back and I say, you know, we had that first year and then it went down, and I think it's gone up every year since. But I, I do believe with all of my heart that if two people say, God, we're going to honor you in this relationship, we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about it, that you can have 
a fabulous, fabulous relationship. You really can. And what the world, yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. But what the world tells us is necessary is a little bit different. What we're told is necessary to have a great relationship is the right one. Like, you got to find the right one. And if you find the right one, well, then everything's just going to line up. Like, you, you just need to find the one. And um, I was actually, uh, I went to eHarmony this, this week, the website online, because you can get a lot of help finding the one these days. Because I mean, if you can't run into them at a chance meeting while rock climbing, which is what I did, then how are you supposed to do this, right? Um, I, I know lots of people who meet online. So I went to eHarmony, and I felt so weird even just being on that website. I was on, and I texted Becca. I'm like, I'm on eHarmony, and it's weird. She's like, what are you doing on there? And I'm like, I'm looking at stuff for, for, our, for the marriage series coming up. She's like, oh, okay, okay. But this is, this is kind of their thing that was on eHarmony this week. And it says, there's a universal desire to discover love, and it can be hard to find. But that's where we step in. We narrow down the world of possibilities to a personal A-list of meaningful introductions that get singles closer to finding the one. And I, I, I think it's extra funny on, on eHarmony because years ago, like right after I moved back from college, um, I didn't have a whole lot of interest in, in dating. I was like, it just, just, I just didn't. And my youth pastor's wife is like, well, I am going to set you up. And I'm like, whatever. She's like, come here. And I was over at their house. And so we sat down at the computer, and she pulls up eHarmony. And she's like, you are doing this. I'm like, I'm not doing this. And she's like, you are if you want dinner. I'm like, I'm doing this. <laughs> so, so I get on this thing, and I go through their questionnaire. And at the time, their like flag line, their flagship line or whatever was like, connecting you on 29 dimensions. And so it was like the biggest questionnaire, like everything except blood type was like, okay, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? I go through the whole thing, which if I'm remembering correctly, it took like an hour or something. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I go through the entire thing. And at the very end, it's like, and we'll get back to you. Like looking for matches. And I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever. I get, I get to eat. So, so I'm like, okay, so we go out there, and the next day, I get a little notification in my email, and it says, we found a match for you. And I'm not going to lie. I'm like, huh, I found a match. I'm like, 29 dimensions. All right, all right. So I go over, and I click on it, and I go to the eHarmony thing. I click on the email, and it opens up, and no lie, I see the picture of who this girl is, and I'm like, Ah! Like, literally, I scream out loud, and I'm like, I know her. We work in the same office together. I'm not interested in any dimension with this girl. And I'm like, ah, and I just closed it, and I never went back. But I worked with her, and that day, I walked into the office, and she was there. Neither of us looked at each other, neither of us made eye contact, and we never said a word about it. Ever. I was like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what it was. I told the truth. You must have lied. I don't know. It was so weird. It was so, so weird. Oh my goodness. But, anyways, there's so many things and there's these different ways that we're like, okay, we're told that we need to find the one. 
And beforehand, I don't think it's really, before you get married, I don't think that's really that big of a deal. Okay, find, find one, because I, I agree with that part of it. Like, find one person to marry. Don't marry, like, five people. Like, no. Like, find one person, and then, find, and then you marry them. Like, that I agree with. However, oh, and I do, have, I do have a thought for you, if you are single, that I think something you should do before you get married, you find somebody you're interested, take them somewhere where there's really slow internet, like really slow, and watch them on that computer, because the real them is going to come out. <laughs> and then you'll be like, okay, kind of, just, just might want to add that to your list of, have I witnessed them on slow internet yet? Like, maybe put that on your checklist for that, for that other person. But... We're told this over and over before we get married. But the problem is, is when that thought hangs around after you get married. Because it's really not true before you get married. It's not. There's not one person. The Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it tell us how to find the one. Because, I mean, think about it. If there was only one person for you to marry, what if somebody screwed it up like 100 years ago? They threw everything off. It's, it's, it's over. It's ruined. What about somebody who's divorced and gets remarried? They've got two. They ruined it for everybody else. Are they, did they take somebody's one? What if somebody gets the wrong one? That's my one. Like, we give it back. Like, it doesn't work. And in the Bible, nowhere does it say how to find the one, but it does tell us how to live with the one that we choose. It tells us how to live with it. But if that thought follows us into marriage, that there's just this one person, here's how it manifests when we're married, is we get a lull. Something goes wrong. Something's not good. Something's not right. Maybe they didn't prepare something, or you're arguing over this, or they're late again, or forgot, or didn't forget, and oh, by the way, no, no, that's a total rabbit trail. We're going we're gonna to keep going here. Keep going. But you're like, okay, um, I got to get back. That rabbit trail is trying to take over. You have all of these, something goes wrong, you're having a bad day, there's a lull in the marriage, there's a dark spot, there's a valley, whatever it is, that thought comes in, if I'd married the right one, it wouldn't be like this. He would have understood, she would have understood, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this place if I'd married the, the one. It wouldn't be this hard. They'd understand. And as a result, we kind of question and we lean out of that relationship. Maybe things get better, we kind of, it just, it just kind of comes back in, somebody says they're sorry, you forgive, and you're like, okay, all right, we'll, we'll do this. But it really can be an amazing wedge in relationships when we let that happen. But there's, there's, there's not one, there's not one person. You didn't miss it. If you're married, the one that you've got, they're the one. They are the one. By the way, raise your hand if you're married. Okay, hands down. Raise your hand if you're not married. Okay, hands down. Raise your hand if you don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, there we go. Just, just checking. We're just making sure, making sure we know where we are. But Genesis 2.24 says this. It says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife in such a way that the two become one. And that's what we're talking about is two become one. So let me just as we look at this, this is what it does not say. It does not say, and two halves find each other and now become whole. It says two become one. If you're not married, guess what? One is a whole number. You are complete. You are doing, you are okay. 
You are absolutely okay. You are not incomplete. You're not a half walking around going, I need my other half. And we say things all the time, like Becca's my, my better half, because she is. And everybody's like, well, yeah, absolutely. We meet people that are like, your wife is amazing. I'm like, I know. And then I meet them like, wow, I met your wife. She's great. I'm like, I know. I'm like, that's why I picked her. Like, yeah, I know, but, but thanks. And that seems like you're hinting at something else. But anyways, we'll just we'll kind of keep, keep going. However, it's two become one. It's not like a part and a part come together and make a whole. Two become one. If you're divorced, you're not a half walking around. The two become one. And here's, here's this, the other side of this. When we think that there's this one person, that they complete us, that we're kind of like this, that we need them, we put something on them that was never meant to be. Colossians 2.10 says this. It says, you are complete through your union with Christ. As much as I love Becca, I'm complete with my union with Christ, not with her. You're complete with your union with Christ. 2 Peter 1.3 says it this way, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. I love her. I, do, I want to do life with her forever. But I'm complete through my union with Christ, not another person. It's two becoming one, not a half. They're not completing you. They might be able to complete your sentences, and if you ever see those like couples that just kind of look alike, I thought about showing some pictures, and I'm like, I think it borders on mean. Like, it, it, and so I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do that. Because the ones that you can find on the internet are the ones you're like, oh, I'm sorry. So you, you just don't want to. But we do. We, we get married, and, and you pick up a lot of the same things, and some of the same habits, and Maybe some of the same euthanisms and the words and the way that you speak and these things. But here's the deal. We're complete through our union with Christ. And if we try to put that burden on somebody else, they will always let us down. They will always disappoint us. They won't encourage us enough. They won't tell us how to do it. They'll mess them up. They will mess it up. They will mess it up. 100% they will mess it up. But there's no one that if you had married, there is no one that if you had married, you would not have trouble. There's not a person that would have made it so much easier for you. And some of you are like, I know you keep saying that, but I don't know. That's a good question. So here, let me, let's answer it from the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 28. It says that it's windy. It says, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And Paul's writing this, and he's talking to people, and he's saying, hey, if you want to be single, he's like, stay single, serve God. He's like, once you get married, your interests are divided because you want to please God and your spouse, your husband or your wife. You want to please them both. He's like, don't get married. He's like, don't do it because those who marry will face many troubles, and I want to spare you this. And he goes on, he says, but if you do, it's okay. He's like, but there's going to be trouble. So let me just encourage you, if you get married, there will be trouble. Like, it's going to happen. And there's not a person that, that would have made there be no trouble. No trouble at all. And I don't know what you call it. Maybe it's arguing. Maybe it's fighting. Maybe it's disagreeing. But you will have a disagreement. You will have one. Maybe, maybe you call it a fight. Um, we had some friends years ago. We were, getting, we were supposed to go out with them. And they called like an hour beforehand. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, can't get together. I'm like, really? He goes, nope, 
the wife and I are fighting. I'm like, really? He's like, yep, not going to be able to. I was like, oh, okay, we'll see you later. He's like, yep, bye. And apparently that was like a regular thing for them. Like, okay, you know, we got to take care of this and we're fighting. So we're going to tell our friends we're fighting and we're going we're gonna to work on this. Maybe you're the one that like, well, we never fight. We just, we, we have had a few disagreements, but we never fight. And you're like, okay, call it what you want. But here's the deal. There will be disagreements in marriage. Just, just plain and simple. The Bible doesn't tell us how to find the one because there isn't one, but we choose one. And then the Bible says this is how we live together. And the first thing is you're complete through your union with Christ. Do not put on that other person something they were never meant to carry, a burden that they cannot and will always disappoint. We need to look to God for our value, not that other person. We look to God, say, okay, this is who you created me to be. This is what I'm going to do, not to another person. Marriage, marriage is potential, okay? No matter how bad your marriage is, it can get worse. And no matter how good your marriage is, it can get better. That thing, it swings both ways. But you have to decide where you're going to put your energy. Where are you going to put your energy? I think another, another lie that stops us so often, that, that, that stops people from putting energy where it belongs, which is in their marriage, is they say something like this, well, I'm just not in love anymore. The love is just not there. The sparks that were there are gone. And, and I, I hear people say stuff like that, and I'm like, so? So bring them back. Like, like do what you need to do, but bring them back. Like, you, you can do it. You won that person over the first time. You can do it again. And I bet it took some effort the first time. I don't know about you, but I'd see Becca push-ups. I'm like, I know she's coming. I'm like, I gotta do something. I'm like, I look nice, smell nice, do whatever I can. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I wanna, I wanna look nice. And for me, those push-ups, that was probably really important because the first time she saw me, I didn't have my shirt on and I was rock climbing and like looking all good. And so I'm sure that's what she was thinking. I'm sure that's what she was thinking <laughs> when she walked over and said hi. I, I'm sure of it. But Here's what, here's what this says, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, when it talks about love, this is what it says. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It isn't proud. It isn't rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. Let me just ask you a question. Keep that verse up there if we can. How many of those things are a feeling? Patient, kind, it does not envy, doesn't boast, proud, rude, self-seeking, angered, keeps no record of wrong, does not delight in evil, rejoices with truth, protects, trusts, hopes, preserves, never fails. Are any of those a feeling? No. No. Love isn't a feeling. Infatuation is. But love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And let me just tell you this, your marriage will be as good as the amount of energy that you put into it. And yes, it relies on another person, but don't be the limiting factor in your relationship. Don't be the limiting factor, the one that's like, well, I'm just going to do the least that I can. I had this guy one time come in for marriage counseling, and no lie, he sits across, we're, we're talking and, uh, about the relationship and marriage, and his, I think his wife was, wasn't there yet, and she was going to be coming soon, and so we're just kind of trying to, trying to wrap my mind around what was going on, and, and he just sits there, and he's like, 
I'm just done. I go, what? He goes, I haven't put any effort in this relationship in like four months. And I just look at him, I go, how's that going? How's, how's that working for you? And he's like, oh, it's awful. And I'm like, well, duh. And all of you are like, well, duh, right? You look at that and you think, well, if you don't put any effort into it, it's not going to go well. And when we sit and look at it like this, like from the outside, like looking in, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. But when we're in relationships, so often what we find is, and you've probably heard the saying, but hurt people hurt people. Well, well, so often we find in relationship is there's two of us and somebody gets hurt, so they go over here. And they go, that person hurt me. So they go over here. And this person goes, well, that hurt. So they go over here. And they go, well, you're, that hurts. And they go over here. Well, you're moving away, hurt me. So then they go over here and they just kind of move apart. And it's about as close to a dance move as I've ever done. But anyways, but they move apart. Instead of saying, oh, I'm hurt here. Oh, you're hurt? Well, let me come and figure out what happened. We, we move apart. But love is not a feeling. It's a choice that we make. And if your marriage, if there's something that's not right in there, lean in. Don't let that other person walk away. Go after them. Go after them. Now, they'll do it in the right way. When we first got married, um, I'm, a, I'm a deal with it kind of person. Like, oh, there's something wrong? Let's deal with it right here and right now. Let's just, let's just sort it out. Feelings aside, wherever mine are, I don't have them. So let's just, let's just sit down. Let's work, let's work this out. Becca likes to think about it for a bit. I don't know what she thinks. I, I, really, I don't know how that works. I don't experience that. But she's like a processor is what she calls it. And, and so she processes. I am like, let's talk. Let's work this out. So I remember some of our first disagreements. We'd have a little disagreement or something. I'm like, okay, let's work on this. And she's like, I need a minute. And I'm like, oh, we're going to work on this. And she's like, I need a minute. Like literally, she would move away from me. And I'd be like, okay, well, let's work on this. And I remember one time, she's in the bathroom and she closed the door. I'm on the outside of the bathroom. I'm like, we need to work on this. Like, we are going to talk about this. Let's work this out. And she's like, she's like, I just need a minute. And it took a while for me to figure it out that she needed a minute. <laughs> like, like, I know, I know, you're looking at me and you're like, how can he be so dumb? But literally, it did. And I remember the time, I have no idea what we disagreed about. Don't ever ask because I don't remember. Like, honestly, I don't remember. Again, I bet she does. And if she wanted to, she could open that vault and haul out like details, like crazy. <laughs> like he did this, looked this, was wearing this. She knows all of it. But I remember the one time we disagreed about something and it was something we were discussing, arguing, fighting over. And she's like, she needed some time. And I, I just said, she, she wanted time. She goes, I need a process. And I said, okay. And she looked at me and she's like, what? And I'm like, I'll be right back. I'm going to take the kids over to mom's and I'll be right back. And I take kids over to mom's house and I come back. And I get back and she's like, thank you. And I go, what? She's like, for letting me process. And, and uh, we didn't end up Fight. I, didn't, I didn't think we were fighting. I don't remember what we did. I think it just worked out really, really fast. And I'm like, why couldn't I have seen that before? And there are things where we do that. And now it's so much better. She processes it a whole lot faster, okay? She's gotten a lot, lot better at being like, he's right. Like coming to the realization, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Especially you, Becca. Oh, my goodness. But she does. She processes so much faster. And I think I've gotten a whole lot better at just letting her have time 
and saying, okay, you know, we, let, let's work out how we can do this the best way or how to deal with this situation with the kids or what it is, but let's, let's get at this and let's be united in this. But there's no, every relationship takes work. And if you're willing to put the work into the relationship, that's where you're going to get the return. That's where you're going to get the return. Let me, let me put, it, put it this way. If I go to Huntington Bank over here and try to make a withdrawal, I'm not going to get any money because I bank at Lake Michigan Credit Union. <laughs> and if I tried, they'd be like, sir, and I'd be like, no, this is my name and this is my ID and I have money, give it to me. They'd be like, you know, here. Like, what is, there's, no, there's no record of anything. Like, there's no here. Because I deposit my money somewhere else. Relationship, your marriage is in a constant state, like anything else is in a constant state of decay unless you're putting something into it. It does not just stay great. Like, I think if you've been married like 10 minutes, you probably have learned that. Like, it doesn't just stay great. What you did yesterday and how great that was, well, the sun is up again and it's a different day and it's time to be great again. It takes effort, but it takes making those deposits into our marriage. It doesn't matter how great you're doing at work or how great this business is happening over here or how great these relationships are. If we're not putting in to our marriage, it's not going to be great. You're going to go to make a withdrawal and they're going to look at you like, you ain't got no money here. You haven't been putting anything in here at all. Two become one. So here's the deal. You are, you're complete through your union with Christ. Don't look to that other person to give you something that they were never designed to give you, to validate you and to make you feel. No, you're complete through your union with Christ. The trouble that you have in your relationship, every marriage has trouble. Every single one. You might know somebody like, we've never fought. They can call it what they want, but the Bible says those who marry will face many troubles. So they can call it whatever they want. Now, yes, there are people, when, when you're dating, you're really, you're not looking for the perfect person. There is no perfect person. You're picking the baggage you're going to deal with. You, that's, that's what you're doing. As you're saying, okay, you want to get to know the person. What are you like? Because we're going to get married, and then you get married, and mar marriage is a magnifier. Like, that, that's what it is. It magnifies the good and the bad. Okay, if you were bad with money before, well, before you could just, like, not eat for a month. You're like, well, I just won't eat. Like, I, just, I, just, I was bad. I didn't do that. No, I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll make it up. I'll do it. Well, now you make a bad decision, and it affects them, and then you have kids, and it affects them, and they're like, oh, what? And, well, oh, oh, it magnifies. That, that's what marriage does. It magnifies whatever it is. Before, yeah, whatever it is, it's bigger when you get married. It magnifies. It's going to. So beforehand, we're choosing, we're looking for somebody with problems that we think we can deal with. Like, yeah, I, I can handle this, and you can handle me, and, and this sounds like fun, and, and let's do this. And understand this. Marriage is great, and God designed marriage to be great. It says in Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. It is supposed to be good, and it is. I think every one of us at some point, if you're married, you knew that because you were standing there, and like on that wedding day, I doubt any of you were thinking, well, I got about 50-50 chance of this working. No. You're like, well, I wonder if this is going to work out. Well, it's my, oh, we'll see what happens. No, I don't think so. Although 
my, um, my mentor pastor growing up, his name was Pastor Scott, and I was getting ready to do my first wedding that I, had, I hadn't performed a wedding before. And uh, he's like, well, I, he, I'm, I was talking to him and asking him some stuff, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. It's all going to be good. And, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, although there was this one time, and I'm like, oh, no. He goes, I had this guy, we were wedding, going to get married. It's so right beforehand because we've already had the rehearsal. It's the morning of, and I had, he was in the back office. And he goes, and I just walked in, and as a joke, I said, you know you shouldn't go out there and do this, don't you? He goes, and the guy instantly broke down and goes, yes, I know I shouldn't, and starts bawling. And I was like, oh, oh no. I go, what did you do? And he goes, oh, oh. I go, no, 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 seriously, like, what did you do? He goes, oh, I just told him I was joking that he was going to be fine and sent him out there. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, oh, yeah, it really wasn't that bad. And I'm like, I was so scared of that first wedding. I'm like, I'm never going to say anything even sort of like that. Actually, I did. I made sure. I made sure. Everybody I've ever married, I've walked up to him beforehand. I'm like, okay, last chance. Do you want to get out of here? And no one's ever taken me up on it. No one has taken me up on it. But I do that with every person I've ever married. Like, hey, last chance, last chance, you can get out of here. But here's the thing, is we look, and when we were getting married, we had that hope. You looked at that person, you said, this is going to be great. I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. I cannot wait to be married. This is forever. We don't have to say goodbye anymore. It's not, I'll see you later. It's like, you close your eyes and you wake up and there they are. It's going to be awesome. That, that is what it was. But at that time, here's what I guarantee is you were investing in that marriage. You are putting effort into it in every way that you can, in every way you can, because marriage is so, so good. In Genesis, we look and we see Adam. So the very first marriage ever, the very first animal, God looked at Adam and said, it is not good for man to be alone. Adam wasn't broken. But God looked at him and said, it's not good for him to be alone. We were made for a relationship. We were made for this. We really were. And I don't, I don't know if you, you know this or not, but before, well, God had already made Adam, and Adam had been walking around. And, and he'd looked around and he said, you know what? There's, there's lots of great people here, but I'm kind of lonely. So Adam went to God and said, God, your creation is amazing. He says, but, but I'm, I'm lonely. Do you think you could make me a friend? And God said, yes, I could definitely make you a friend. Um, it's, your friend's name is woman, and woman is going to be amazing. Woman is going to respect you and love you. She'll clean for you. She'll laugh at your jokes. She's going to think you're funny. She's, she's going to be, she's going to rub your feet after a hard day of work. It's going to be absolutely amazing. She's going to just wait on you hand and foot. And Adam goes, really? And God goes, yeah. He goes, but there's a catch. Adam goes, what? He goes, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs> and Adam, what? What? And Adam says, well, what do you think I can get for a rib? <laughs> well, you never heard a bad preacher's joke before? <laughs> if you've been here very long, you had to have heard one before. You had to have heard one before. But, but as we get back to this, we are complete through our union with Christ. Yes. And yet we were made for relationships. God looked at Adam and in the garden said, it's not good for man to be alone. Marriage is amazing. It's fabulous. And I believe it's God's plan for 99% of us. 
If you think God is calling you to be single, then be single. But marriage is amazing. But if you're not getting married because you're afraid that it could be bad, let me just tell you, as bad as it could be, that potential could swing the other way if you will put the time into it. And if you will marry somebody who says, I will do this God's way. That's what marriage is. It's a predecision that two people make to treat another person a specific way, regardless of how they're treated back. That's what it is. As we look to what the Bible says, and it's so simple. It boils down to two people who say, I make a predecision to treat you right no matter how you treat me. And that right is we look to the, what the Bible says about that. I knew I wanted to marry Becca. I was like, I was attracted to her. She was funny. She laughed at my jokes. It was great. I brought her to church, and she hung out with the youth that I was working with. And I was just like, wow, this girl is amazing. But you want to know when I knew that I knew? I was at the corner of 56 and Ivanrest. We were sitting in my car. I don't know how we got on the subject, but we were talking about giving. And we were talking about generosity. And it's something that I, just, I really love and I'm definitely passionate about. And it's been a part of my life forever. And it's going to continue to be. And I was talking to her about it. And I asked her this. I said, the Bible says, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. What do you think of that? And she looked at me and she goes, that sounds really harsh. And I remember my heart just sinking, being like, well, do I drop her off here? Like, like that, that's literally what's going through my mind. And then she says this, she goes, but if that's what the Bible says, then that's what's best. I remember thinking, I, this is it. If she'll go to the Bible, and even when she disagrees for some reason, or it doesn't sound right to her, but she will default, if that's what the Bible says, that's what I'm going to do, we can have a great marriage. And I was right, because she has continued to do that. When we disagree, when things don't go right, we go back to the Bible and say, this is how it says that I'm supposed to treat you. And if we go back to the same foundation, that this is where it's going to be, then two people can become one. And it can be an absolute riot. It can be fabulous fun. There's highs and there's lows. Don't get me wrong. But here's what happens when we do it God's way. The lows don't rip us apart. No. The lows instead are literally bricks in the mortar in the bricks that hold our whole marriage together because we look back at the things we've been through and we're like, if we made it through that, we can make it through the next thing. And you make it through something else, another low, and you come back out and you're like, if we made it through that, and whether it's a loss of this or something that isn't happening here, and jobs get lost, and finances get changed, and, and crunches happen, and stuff, stuff, life just happens, but you go through it together, and you're looking like, we made it through that. We're going to make it through the next thing, and the next, and the next, and the next. We've got this, because when we do it wrong, when we find ourselves in these places, we go to God's Word, and we work it out together. We work it out together. So here's, here's what I'm saying. If you're married, whether your marriage is horrible or great, it can be better. Lean in. That's your homework this week. Lean in. Put some more effort into it. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's some little things that you once did that you're not doing anymore. Maybe it's something little. Maybe it's like opening up a car door for somebody. I don't know. Maybe it's telling somebody, I love you instead of assuming that they still remember. Maybe it's a little act of kindness, and I'm not asking for something big, but lean in. Lean into the relationship. 
Say, what can I do that I haven't been doing? I know as I've been preparing and listening to messages and reading books about, about marriage and stuff and preparing for this, I'm like, oh, man, I think I've, I think I've been coasting too much. I, wanted, I, I need to, to be more proactive in the way I'm pursuing Becca and making sure that he, she, she knows this and how, how can I do this a little bit better? I want to do better. So that's our homework. It's lean in. Lean in. And if you're at a low point, if by chance you're here and you're here in a valley and there's been some things that haven't been great, let me just remind you, every marriage goes through valleys. There's not somebody that if you would have married, would have made it all better. And then the other piece of homework is this. So we have two pieces of homework. Number one is lean in. And then number two, you're complete to your union with God. Check yourself. Have I been, check yourself and ask yourself, have I been putting a burden on my spouse that doesn't belong there? Have I been looking to them to validate me instead of looking to God? Because they will always let you down. They will always let you down. Two things, lean in and ask yourself, check yourself, have I been putting something on them that was actually meant to be put on God? I'm complete, you are complete through your union with Christ, not another person. But we're out of time, so would you bow your heads and close your eyes a minute? Before we leave this morning, I just want to make sure that every single person that can hear my voice, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. If you're here and you do not know, here's what doesn't have to happen. What doesn't need to happen is you don't need to wait until you die to just find out. The Bible says you can know that you have salvation. You can know where you stand with God. Not guess, know. Because here's what it says. Is if, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, you will be saved. It's not something we guess at. And I already said earlier, I said, you're complete through your union with Christ. And maybe you're here this morning like, I don't have that. I haven't given my heart to him. Then you're right. You are missing out on what God has for you. Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And you'll never experience that part of life until you've made him the Lord of your life. So if you haven't done that, I'd love the honor of praying with you. Or maybe you say, you know what, there's a time I was living for God, but I turned my back on him, but today I'm coming back. I'm going to give him all of me starting now. If you're either of those, then on the count of three, I want you to be bold and shoot your hand up. Then we're going to pray. And when we say amen, you can know your sins are forgiven, you're on your way to heaven, and to begin to walk out the purpose and plan that God has for you. If that's you, get ready. One, two, three. Shoot it up. Shoot it up high and say, that's me. So God, this morning, I want all you have for me. Well, God, we just come before you this morning. And I thank you for every marriage that's here. God, and I just pray that right now, that as they leave this place, that you would speak to them by your spirit. Show them if they have been putting on their spouse something, God, putting on them something that can only come from you. Undue burdens and undue pressure. And God, I just thank you. And I just ask a blessing on every single one of them, that God, as they lean in, that you would give them ideas. I thank you, God. For just to soften hearts, to be receptive. And for marriages, God, that are here, that have fallen apart or that maybe only one is here because the other refuses to come. We just ask God right now for your peace to enter it. We pray for the spouses that are not here. 
that you would by your spirit, you would work on them, that you would soften hearts to receive, that you would give those that are here, God, as they go home and begin to love on and to lean into their relationships like they haven't been before or like they used to, God. I thank you for speaking of giving them ideas, helping them to see what they can do and how they can be all that you have created them to be. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.